0: Hello, you are listening to Kanecast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management Team.
1: Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick. And with me today, I have Chris Armbruster, Portfolio Manager of the Kane Anderson Rudnick Mid Cap Growth Portfolio. Chris, thanks as always for taking the time today. Chris, while the first half of 2021 was led by low quality equities across the board, We began to see fundamentals start to take shape as you moved into the tail end of the second quarter and certainly into the third quarter. Can you talk about some of the key drivers in the market that have impacted
2: this? We hold to the belief that over time, stock prices are a product of the underlying fundamentals of a company. There are often periods, sometimes lasting far longer than expected or than is comfortable, when other factors muscle their way to Wall Street's top of mind. But as long as a business is growing, while keeping its eyes on profitability dynamics. Experience has shown that the stock price will eventually reflect its progress. For example, over the decade from 2010 to 2020, some of the fangs saw significant increases in their operating income as well as their stock prices. And these stock price moves, some of them enormous in magnitude, simply reflected how the businesses were developing. The daily ups and downs along the way caused by any number of headlines and macro forces, were all just noise. One such condition that reared its head in early 2020 and is resurfacing again today is upward pressure in interest rates, once again trying to buck the downward trend that has been in place since the early 1980s. Anticipation of economic growth, labor shortages, supply chain disruptions, and expensive fiscal and monetary policy have conspired to drive up expectations for rising prices and for sooner-than-expected rate increases by the Federal Reserve. As we mentioned a few podcasts ago, growth stocks have exhibited a strong negative correlation to rising rates this year, as much of their cash flows are expected to come in the out years, and higher rates mean many investors discount them more heavily in calculating the current value of these securities. We believe that as long as we have the same confidence in the fundamentals of the underlying business as we did previously, we have no reason to be less certain that those out year cash flows will indeed materialize. We also still have a great deal of confidence in the longevity of a few main growth drivers for many of our holdings. These include, but are not limited to, e commerce, application and software development and deployment, cloud computing and digitization of many previously analog or manual corporate functions.
1: Specific to the mid-cap growth portfolio, what were some of the key contributors to returns during the third quarter of 2021?
2: The top five contributors to the mid-cap growth portfolio this quarter are automated bill payment enabler, bill.com, cloud-based human capital management company, Paycom, application monitoring leader, Datadog, Latin and South American e-commerce and FinTech provider, Libre and technology insight consulting firm, Gartner. One key contributor we would like to highlight this quarter is Gartner. Founded in 1979, Gartner has evolved into the go-to destination for companies seeking advice on how to best utilize technology within their own business. Its strong reputation and reference cases have led to high client retention rates and the rapidly changing technology landscape is driving demand for their expertise. In the decade leading up to 2017, the company had delivered strong performance. Then it announced the acquisition of Corporate Executive Board, or CEB, in the first half of 2017, and the stock essentially flatlined for the next three years until the fundamentals of the business began to improve once again. We often warn of the risks that come with acquisitions and how they can derail a good business, and CEB certainly did that to Gartner at least for a number of years. CEB historically sold an enterprise-wide product and Gartner quickly decided to transition that to a seat-based product to more accurately capture the upside from heavier users. It had to hire a bevy of new sales reps and retrain the ones it already had and the transition disrupted the sales motion for years. Company-wide margins were flat to down four straight years until 2021 when the company finally began to turn the corner. In the most recent quarter, Gartner reported that sales productivity in its global business sales segment, mostly the legacy CEB business, grew with new business sales also up. We believe Gartner's legacy business global technology sales is able to add more value as companies the world over need assistance with digital transformations, app development, cloud migration, and building and managing a digital workplace. We were very patient with this name, holding a position despite the elongated struggles it endured digesting the CEB acquisition because we believed in the strength of the legacy business and are gratified that the business remained robust and that management found a way to finally get the CEB business moving in the right direction.
1: Can you also walk us through some of the key detractors to returns during the third quarter of 2021 for mid-cap growth?
2: The bottom five detractors from the mid-cap growth portfolio performance for the quarter our Chinese travel site, Trip.com, semiconductor and chip testing leader, Teradyne, casino operator, Wynn Resorts, health savings account provider, Health Equity, and FICO score creator, Fair Isaac. The detractor we wanted to spend more time discussing this quarter is Fair Isaac. Fair Isaac, or FICO as it's commonly known, is the calculator and publisher of FICO scores, which have become industry standard for credit worthiness across multiple lending verticals. Despite its high value to the lending process, FICO charges very small amounts to pull a score. So, after ages of GDP-like price increases, it awoke to the reality a few years ago that its scores were very undermonetized. FICO's scores business is one of the best on the planet, experiencing operating percentages in the mid-80s. As a result, much of these price increases fell directly to the bottom line, During this past year, however, a Wall Street Journal article surfaced suggesting that FICO's hold on the credit market is slipping, citing a movement away from FICO by some of the largest financial services companies who are increasingly relying on internal data over a standalone FICO score, especially for existing customers, and incorporating a competing product, Vantage Score, which was jointly created by the three major credit bureaus to make better credit worthiness decisions. Additionally, regulators are encouraging, de-emphasizing FICO to expand access to credit. Some 53 million Americans don't even have FICO scores. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are considering allowing lenders to use other scores on mortgage applications for loans they would consider purchasing. In the long term, a blend of FICO scoring and proprietary first party data always seemed like the best solution for many lenders. While the Vantage score is a credible product, in our view, FICO scores enjoy the advantage of being ingrained into the workflows for determining credit worthiness in many different industries. Even after FICO has taken prices up over the last few years, its scores still remain very inexpensive compared to the value they provide. Even though the company faces some tough comparisons in the scores business in the next few quarters, Due to the strength of mortgage lending and refinancing activity during the pandemic, we remain confident holders of the stock.
1: Chris, lastly, as we move into the talent of the year, what are some of the considerations that you're looking at from a portfolio level?
2: Increasingly, companies and investors are talking about issues in supply chains and what it could mean for margins as we move into the back half of the year, which includes the always tricky holiday season. The cover of a recent issue of Barron's read The Big Cargo Crunch and the headline from the cover of The Economist from earlier this month captioned a picture of a lone apple on the shelf of a retailer as the shortage economy. The global pandemic has wreaked havoc on companies' ability to source raw materials, stressed production facilities, and disrupted traditional logistics channels. It is abundantly clear that at worst, companies in many different industries are facing rising operating costs. We believe, Most of our high-quality companies can flex their pricing power muscles to offset these rising costs, passing them on to customers. But as it seems this supply chain dynamic might be in place for some time, it is important for us to make sure that the pricing power remains intact, especially for those companies most affected by supply chain turmoil.
1: Chris, as always, thank you very much for your time and the insight you provide our listeners, and we look forward to future conversations.
0: CainCast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rutnick Investment Management, CAR. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of their recording, and are subject to change at any time due to changes in the market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information. This communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.